What's everybody talking about? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> I, boy, I tell you what, I hear a lot of conversation going on. I, I wonder what everybody's talking about. It's, uh, it's, it's been kind of a, an adventurous week, hasn't it? Uh, but I'm glad to see you here, the few of you that are here. Uh, I am glad to see you here today, that you were able to make it out. Uh, how many of you were getting cabin, cabin fever? Y'all ready to get, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cabin fever, yeah, I, was, I thought everybody was ready to get out for a little while. But we're glad that you are here today, and we welcome everyone, and uh, hope God's blessings will be on each of us as we worship the Lord together today. I think we're all home folks today. I don't see any visitors with us, but, uh, but we're glad that you are here. Uh, just a few announcements. Let me remind you of the attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to uh, fill that out, pass it down the row so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Also, on um, Wednesday, we will be having our blood drive this Wednesday, and Jika's here somewhere I know. Uh, there she is, and uh, she will take your name and sign you up for an appointment, and it uh, looks like you want to say something. You want to say something, Jika? <laughs> you look like you, never mind. <laughs> they, she needs more names, so see Jika, and she will sign you up for an appointment, and uh, that's from 2 till uh, 6 on Wednesday. And tonight we are having our Super Bowl party uh, for anybody who wants to come. You may have that cabin fever and want to get out tonight, and we'll set things up uh, here in the church. Um, it, it may it'd be kind of a hodgepodge thing, but that's fun. Sometimes that's the funnest things. Just bring some junk food. You know, if you want to bring some soup, you can bring some soup or chili and... Uh, and we'll just have some fellowship time and watch the game and just no enjoy the, the time together. So uh, that's at 5 o'clock this afternoon, and, um, and we'll, we'll uh, cheer our teams on and, and just have a great time together. Free snow cones. Huh? Free snow cones. Free snow cones. Oh, yeah, free snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> Where would we get the ice? <laughs> Okay, any other announcements? I don't think there are any other announcements that I know of. Let's, uh, let's spend a moment greeting each other in the name of the Lord. Let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Lord, there is none like you all of my days. I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mount
mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. My service, and we lift your name up on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Oh, Lord, for your name. 
next song we're going to do is one we had put together for one of our new praise and worship. So if you want to listen and then if you know it, you can join in. But this is a new one. You may not know it. It's called Amazing Love. You are my key. 
children's moment today. I guess we don't. Oh, we're not here. Okay. They're coming. Uh, well. Okay. Miss, all right, Miss Pam has got it. Thank you. 
Hymn 25, and we're going to sing the first, second, third, and last of that. Hymn 25, standing. Join me in our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll be reading the whole chapter 1 through 13. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge but anyone who loves God is known by God. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the, in the world really exists and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat 
and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. What is that look in your eyes? Why have you come to this faraway place? What is the story you would lay down your life to tell? What kind of love can this be? There is no greater love than this. There is no greater gift that could ever be given To be willing to die so another might live There is no greater love than this Broken hearted from all you have lost How can you sing through your tears? What is this music that can bear such a cost? What is this fire that grows stronger against the wind? What kind of flame can this be? There is no greater love than this. There is no greater gift that can ever be given to be willing to die so another might live. There is no greater gift than this. This is the love that God showed the world when he gave us his son so we could know his love forever beyond the gates of splendor there is no greater love than this there is no greater can ever be given to be willing to die so another might live there is no greater love there is no greater 
love, there is no greater love than this. Hymn 571, let others see Jesus in you, both of those first both of those verses in first and second. Let's stand. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning, thanking you for the lives that have been spared, the lives that have been saved. And Father, we think about those that are suffering right now. Father, we just ask that you be with the crews and those that are already extending a helping hand to uh, rescue and recovery. And, and uh, Father, we pray for all these that are going out to see a check on people. Father, we pray that you keep them safe. We thank you for the blessings that we can receive in, in the midst of situations like this. We thank you for how you've already shown through your spirit in others how you care and show your concern. So Father, as we draw closer to you, help us to draw closer to our neighbors. We ask that you bless these offerings for your kingdom. Forgive us where we fail. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, it has certainly been an adventurous week, hasn't it? As, uh, as John was praying a moment ago, the thought uh, came to my mind about the things that I'm grateful for. And um, I, I think at this point in the week, I am most grateful for those, those folks who are out on the poles restoring light to us and power to us. Don't you think? I'll tell you what. And I, I told uh, Christine um, a couple of days ago that... <clears throat> that we need to find some way to thank them. And so she's working on some ideas. So we're gonna, we're gonna do something to thank these folks for, for all the hard work that they have done under less than ideal circumstances. I don't know which is worse, to have so much knowledge that you come across as arrogant or to have too little knowledge so as to come across as, well, dense. Um, I heard about one lady who made her first trip to uh, Yellowstone National Park and she asked the the park ranger there, look at all those big rocks, all those boulders, wherever did they come from? And so the, the, the ranger said the glaciers brought them down. And the lady said, well, where are all the, where are the glaciers? And the guide said, well, the glaciers went back to get more rocks. It has been said that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. But what about a little ignorance? A man uh, working in the operations department in a central, the central office of a large bank receives telephone calls from employees in the branch offices who are having problems with their computers. And since all of their computers are networked into a central server, he's often able to help them online and to solve their problems for them. But one day, he got a telephone call from a woman in one of the branch offices who had this question. She said, I've got smoke coming from the back of my terminal. Do you guys have a fire downtown? Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if they get their information through the cable lines from downtown, then why couldn't they get the smoke as well? I don't know. So let me ask you again. Which is more dangerous, a little knowledge or a little ignorance? Some of you may be familiar with Judge Judy on television uh, as a the presiding judge on a national television program, Judge Judy Scheinlin, draws more than 10 million viewers every day. But if you've ever seen her, ever seen her show there, you will know that Judge Judy is not one to accept ignorance as a defense. Scheinlin remembers some advice given to her by her father, which became the title of her best-selling book. And here it is, Beauty Fades, but dumb is forever. He told her that a bright intellect, a curious mind, and a passion for learning were priceless commodities. I always thought that the worst insult in the world was to be called stupid, she says. And as Scheinlin became a lawyer and and then a judge, she saw what happens to people who don't use their heads. She says the fallout of their stupid decisions was the daily parade of misery that marched through family court. She says, I've heard it all before. I didn't think. I didn't mean to. 
but ignorance of life is not an excuse in my courtroom, she says. And I think that what she's trying to say here is that a little ignorance is worse than a little knowledge. Dr. George Gallup responded to the request of the Dallas Times-Herald to do a survey of students uh, and their knowledge in eight different industrialized nations. And those who are, are currently in, uh, in school here in the United States ranked either at the very bottom or near the bottom in the areas of mathematics, science, and geography. And here's some examples of what I'm talking about. Only one-fifth of the students tested could even locate the United States on a map. Only one-fifth. One-third of the teenagers tested did not know that Mexico is the country that borders on the south, on, uh, on Texas. Twenty-five percent were unaware that New Jersey is on the east coast and that Oregon is on the west coast. And only about 40 percent could name California as the most populous state. Gallup found that these aspiring high school graduates were woefully ignorant in three major fields, trade, travel, and culture. In fact, their answers to these three questions illustrate this fact. Question number one, what nation in the world has the largest population? Do you know what the preponderance of the students said? The United Nation. <laughs> Question number two, which were the last two states admitted to the Union? The majority of the answers included Florida, Mexico, and Canada. And question number three, what language is most widely spoken in Latin America? Could you tell me? The answer that they gave was Latin. So is it better to be knowledgeable and arrogant or lacking in knowledge and to be taken for dense or not so smart? Well, hopefully, these are not our only choices. I hope not anyway. But I do like those bumper stickers that say, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Now, I ask this question, which is more dangerous, a little knowledge or a little ignorance, because of something that the Apostle Paul said in our scripture lesson for today. He said, knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. And that certainly can be true, can't it? Knowledge can puff up and love does build up. Knowledge can puff up. As a matter of fact, as I was talking about those way off of the mark answers to those questions just a few moments ago, I bet some of you were feeling pretty good about yourselves, weren't you? Because you knew the right answers. And you were feeling a little bit, hey, I know that. <laughs> so you started feeling a little puffed up about yourselves. Now, didn't you? Uh, be honest. Okay. All right. And there are people in our society <clears throat> uh, who are prone to disparage anyone who is not as well educated as they are. Uh, for example, they may turn up their noses at uh, anyone who is not absolutely precise in their use of grammar, or they may regard someone as stupid who is not as well-read or as sophisticated as they are. And, and many of these folks are not only elitist in their cultural preferences, but also in their politics and in their social relationships and even in their religion. And this is not 
a new phenomenon. Even Paul encountered people like this in the early church. Christianity had become a very liberating force in the lives of those earliest followers of Jesus. Most of them had been drawn from the Jewish faith and they had lived most of their lives under the law and the, and the burden of the legalisms of that day. But when Christ came into their lives, Christ set them free of all of that and they were proud of that freedom. And some of them even flaunted it. And Paul could understand that. He, he himself wrote eloquently about the freedom that Christ gives to us. But Paul had a higher vision and a more tender heart because he knew that freedom could be a two-edged two sword. Many of the more recent converts to Christianity, especially among the Gentiles who Paul mainly dealt with, Many of them had been worshiping idols before they came to Christ. And a part of their worship involved sacrificing food to the idols. And then afterwards, they would have a feast on the food that they brought before the idols. And this was, this was not only a religious obligation that they were participating in. It was also a grand social event. And so the question arose... Should they continue to patronize these festive events after giving their hearts to Jesus? And some of them said, sure, why not? I mean, after all, idols are only an illusion. They're not really real. There's no reality to them. They're only made of wood or metal or stone. And, but the food and the fellowship, they're still good. To, and it's nice to get together and enjoy food and, and have a time together. So what possible harm could it do for them to continue part participating in these social events, even though they were now followers of Jesus Christ? Well, Paul saw the possibility of a great deal of harm. What if a new believer, still insecure in his or her faith, saw them eating food offered to idols and thought that they still believed in idol worship. And this was a real possibility in those days because Christianity and, and Judaism was, were very unusual within the religious environment of that day because they taught, uh, Judaism and Christianity taught that there was only one God. And all the others that claimed to be gods were not really God. Whereas all of these other religions, these idols, uh, idol worshipers, they taught that there were any number of gods and you could worship more than one of them if you wanted to. So these new Christians might not understand if they saw other Christians participating in these festivals to other gods. And they might think that they could follow Jesus and follow these other idols at the same time. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, don't let your superior understanding of faith cause you to be a stumbling block to others. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And here is a very important point that I want you to understand today. And that is that Christians are people who build others up. My friends, it is not our intellect that marks us as a follower of Jesus Christ. Rather, it is 
the love that we have in our hearts. Jesus tells us that they will know that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. Not because we're smart. It's because of our love. Now, this does not mean that we need to park our brains at the front door when we come into the church. We don't have a box out there to put your brain in when you come in. Not at all. God gave us our good minds, and God intends for us to use these minds to the fullest extent possible. But what this does mean is that the highest use of our minds, the highest use of our intellect, is to find a way to build other people up instead of tearing them down. As we've often noted before, Jesus was an encourager. Jesus lifted people up. He did not put people down. And I believe that that is our task as well. It's not enough that we do not hate people. It's not even enough that we do do them no harm. We need to go beyond that and be sensitive to the needs of other people and actively find ways to do them good. Charlie Shedd, many years ago, it's an old classic book. He wrote a a book called Letters to Philip. Uh, Probably a book that every every parent ought to give to their son going off to college. Um, And he wrote another one, uh, Letters to, I forget, Karen? Karen to his daughter which uh, every parent ought to give to their daughters going off to college. Thank you. But in, this, in his book, Letters to Philip, he tells about a woman who um, suffered a car accident. And so she called her husband as soon as, she, as soon as she was able to, to tell him about the accident. And seemingly oblivious to her situation, he, he asked right, right away, how much dump damage did you do to the car? And uh, she told him, and his second words were, whose fault was it? And they talked about that a little bit. And, and then after that, he, he suggested, listen, honey, don't admit a thing. You call the insurance company, and I'll call the lawyer, and we can beat this thing. Well, his wife had said very little up until that point. And then she finally asked, do you have any more instructions or questions for me? And he said, no, I don't think so. And then she fumed, oh, you don't. Well, in case you're interested, I'm in the hospital with five broken ribs. Now, I know that that certainly would never be the case with any husband in this congregation. Um, But here's the point. Christians are people who build others up. Christians are people who are sensitive to the needs of other people. And who seek to lift them up to a higher place in life. Christians are people who recognize that everybody, everybody, everybody needs a little encouragement from time to time. In order to be the person that God wants us to be. Do you need encouragement in your life sometimes? We all do, don't we? It's kind of like the woman who brought her new baby into the office She was on maternity leave and brought the baby in to show everybody uh, the new child. She also had her seven-year-old son with her. 
And everybody gathered around the baby, and they were ooing and aahing. And, and about that time, the little boy asked, Mommy, can I have some money to buy a soda? And she asked, What do you say? And everybody expected him to say, Please, Mommy, may I have some money to buy a soda? But instead, what he said was, You're so thin and beautiful. And the mother reached into her purse, got the money, and the little boy got a soda. Now that's training a child right, isn't it? I guess we all need a little encouragement from time to time, don't we? And so do the people that we live with, and the people that we work with, and the people that we meet with every day, and, and the people that we worship with. And my great prayer for all of us is that we will be encouraging people. You know, it's the little people who tear other people down, isn't it? It's the little people who abuse others and take advantage of them. And I pray that we will be big people. That we will be the people who offer positive affirmations and encouragement and love because that is so important in all of our lives. Eric the swimmer Musambani of Equatorial Guinea was an unlikely hero of the Sydney Olympics uh, uh, quite a while back. Uh, the 22-year-old African had, had only just learned how to swim that January before the Olympics took place in August. He had only practiced in a 20-meter pool without lane markers, and he had never raced a race that was more than 50 meters long, but by a special invitation of the International Olympic Committee under a special program that permits poorer countries to participate, even though their athletes don't necessarily meet the customary standards, he had been entered into the 100-meter men's freestyle race. When the other two swimmers in his heat were disqualified because of false starts, Musambani was forced to swim alone. And Eric Musambani was, to use the words of, a, of, of an associated, associated Press story about him, he was charmingly inept. <laughs> he never put his face down in the water. And he flailed away wildly just to stay afloat. With about 10 meters left to go, he virtually came to a stop. Some spectators were even afraid that he might drown. But even though his time was, even, was over a minute slower than what he would need to qualify for the next level of, of competition, the capacity crowd there at the Olympic Aquatic Center stood to their feet and they cheered Eric Musambani on. After what seemed to be an eternity, this young athlete finally made it to the wall and he hung on for dear life. When he finally got his breath, this French-speaking Musambani said through an interpreter, I want to send hugs and kisses to the crowd. It was their cheering that kept me going. I like that. It was their cheering that kept me going. It was the cheering of the crowd that kept him going. Wouldn't it be nice if one of our young people could say later on in life, it was the cheering of my church 
that kept me going. And wouldn't it be great if a person who has been through a a terrible illness could report later on, it was the cheering of my church that kept me going. And wouldn't it be nice if after a great loss of a friend or a relative or the loss of a job or an injury that we would be able to say, it is the cheering of my church that keeps me going. My friends, knowledge can puff up, but love builds up. Now we have a lot of smart well-educated people in our congregation, and we're thankful for that because it is true that knowledge is much to be preferred to ignorance. But you know what? That doesn't make us a great church. What makes us a great church is that we are a church of encouragers. We are a church of people building one another up with the love of Jesus Christ. That's what makes a great church. And so let me encourage you this morning to encourage one another every day for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ and encourage one another for the sake of God's church in this place. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And that's how God wants us to be. God wants us to be people who build each other up. And I'm glad that you are. And I'm glad that that witness of building other people up is such an important part of your life as you encourage others. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 613, The Servant Song. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone who has never accepted the Christ as the Lord of your life. You may not know the encouragement that God gives to, to you through, through our Lord Jesus. Um, and I hope that you'll, you'll know that today. That God is there with you. And I know we've had a rough week. And God is encouraging us along the way through His Spirit And God uses each other to encourage one another. And that's the kind of God we have. A God who loves us and who is there with us every step of the way. If you've never experienced the love of God in your heart, we invite you to accept Christ as your Savior today. And we invite you to ask Him to be the Lord of your life. And I promise you, He will be with you by your side through the good times and the bad every step of your life. There may be someone looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with us. As we sing together number 613, the servant song. Would you come?
please be seated for just one moment. We've got strangers here. No, <laughs> no strangers. We, we have uh, uh, these young ladies who are coming to rejoin us, uh, Leslie and Su Susan Fowler, uh, who have been coming back with us for a while now, and they've decided to make that step and take that step and uh, to join us officially. And we are so happy for that. That, uh, that group gives us much encouragement, as I've been preaching about today. And, uh, and we're glad for that. And I want you to join me in welcoming them to, uh, to our fellowship or back to our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Uh, I will tell you like I tell every person who joins our church. We're all, we are all ministers in this church, every single person. And the reason why is that we are all family in this church. And I don't have to tell you this. You know. Uh, we are all family, and that means that we minister to one another. You have a need, we minister to you. I have a need, you minister to us. Um, and that's the way it is. And so we look forward to the days ahead, ministering to you, and also look for your ministry, look forward to your ministry to each of us as well. I know you'll want to come and speak with Susan and Leslie after the service and extend the right hand of Christian fellowship and uh, tell them that we're glad that they're back with us here. So let's stand for our benediction. May the God of steadfast love and encouragement give us the heart to live in harmony with one another in accordance with our Lord Jesus Christ. May we build one another up as Christ has built us up, that we may be the people that God wants us to be. May the love of God and the fellowship of God's Holy Spirit be with us all until we meet again. Amen.